Hello, this is Reverend Amar Bernard Hooker. Welcome once again to my podcast. I do hope that you enjoy it. Once again, I'm senior pastor at Wesley Chapel United Methodist Church in the Deep River community of Lake City, South Carolina. South Carolina Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. Welcome and God's blessings. Hope you enjoy. Hello, during this COVID season where everything is so upside down, we looked at several ideas and basically we've come up with doing a Bible study on unselfish prayer. And I wanted to share this Bible study with you. Hopefully it'll allow different persons to look at the way we pray um, during this season. A lot of people want to say we need to be about social uplift and social injustice. Well, all the social movement, all the civil rights movement starts in prayer and how we pray makes a difference. So I, I hope you get something out of this teaching and learning from this podcast. Good evening. Good evening. People have done is they have um, they've missed the idea that prayer is central to all things. So how I pray is really central to everything I do. Amen. And you know, um, one of the points out that formal research, have, you don't need formal research to prove that, you know, most Christians, most Protestants, most Roman Catholics, you know, their prayer is really just a, a, a list of requests to God and not so much um, interaction with God. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. And at least the, the there should be a balance between how you pray and how you interact with God. There should at least be some justification that part of your prayer deals with really interacting and really calling on God in sequence and not calling God out of order. And many times what we find is, you know, prayer these days has boiled down to, okay, let me pray. God, give me this and give me that and give me some more of this and some more of that. Amen. You know, uh, and we have to be very careful for that because that's that's not really prayer. And then the next thing you need to look at is um, how we as pastors really, and leaders in the church, how we really exemplify prayer. How do we show people what prayer is? How do we invite people to pray? You know, so many times as pastors, I think what we've gotten in the habit of doing is teaching people wrong how to pray, um, you know, because a lot of times as pastors, what our prayers become are grandstands. You know, we, we pray the biggest words we can find. That's what we put in our prayer, you know, so, and, and, and praying and cadence and voice vocalics, you know, where is the sincerity? And, you know, what we do when the prayer becomes all about what I'm saying is we forget the part of the prayer that's listening for God. So we, we have to be very careful when we do public prayer 
um, how do we incorporate into our public praying, listening to God, hearing what God has to say, hearing what God is about to speak. You know, so often we get so excited about what I'm doing in my prayer. Even when we write out prayers, we write out prayers, we put line after line after line, and don't put no pause, <laughs> don't put no stop. And I, I don't know, I, I think we've kind of gotten out of the, the, the need for prayer, the way we pray, because, you know, prayer becomes more about what people are hearing or what I'm telling God to do and less about what we're hearing and what we need to do. So we have to be very careful about that. And as I look at some of these movements and some of the stuff going on in the street and and how we're praying for one another and how we're praying for our country and how we've been praying in sickness. You know, a lot of time when we get sick, I love Reverend Hooker, yeah. When we get sick, the first thing we wanna pray is God make me well, or God heal somebody. But you know, how, how many times have we been sick and asked God, God, what are you showing me with this sickness? God, what are you trying to tell me is out of order in my life? What's out of balance? What's 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 not a why? why what, Lord, what what is what what's going on with my child being sick, or my mother being sick, or my husband, or my wife being sick? What what's going on? What are you showing me? What are what are you pointing out? And real prayer does that. Real prayer connects with God and what God is showing us and what God is so. In these series of lessons, we're going to do um, about five lessons on prayer, five sessions on prayer. And in these five sessions on prayer, that's what we're really going to be looking at is how we interact with God, how God interacts with us, what God is, is truly trying to show us, and, and what God is trying to teach us um, through the prayer process. So first thing we need to look at before we even get into the lessons is what prayer is not. And, and prayer is not, first and foremost, uh, human communication, human divine communication designed simply for the person. You know, it's communication between God and human, but it's more than just for you. It's also for God. You know, prayer is an interaction, not just something that we do. And we have to be very careful for that. Prayer is not praying to win the lottery. Hello? Hello? Y'all know that, right? Right. <laughs> I just checked in to make sure y'all know that prayer is not praying to win the lottery. Amen. Uh, is not praying to win the dream home on, on, on Prayer Prayer is not praying that you get a big tax refund check. That, that's not how God works. And, and so many times I think we have gotten pigeonholed into thinking that prayer is just about, you know, what I can do, what I can get from God, or what I can change. Prayer is not going to the, the baseball game or the football game and saying, I hope my side wins or my team wins. You know, that's not what prayer is about. But so many times that's how we pray. Um, do you ever catch yourself? For, do you ever catch yourself praying for selfish reasons? 
Hello out there. Do you ever catch yourself praying selfish prayers? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I'll correct myself about this stuff. Before I that prayer is over, I will become aware of what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, seems like it's almost nature. The first thing we want to pray about is self. What can I pray about? How can I pray about myself? How can I deal with that self? And that's one of the reasons that every model of prayer you see in, in the biblical text starts with God. Prayer, and every time we see prayer written or spoken in the Bible, it starts with God. And then it, it goes into the people. Even Moses, who had some of the most selfish prayers, they even started with Lord God, giving honor to God first, then going into what Moses was dealing with with these people that kept getting on his nerves. You know, because all this people is no. about a center <laughs> nerves bless his heart. But um, you know, that was one of the things is how do we how do we engage God at that level, at the level of creation to say, God, you know, here, here here's what we're up to, here's what we're doing. Um God from ancient day walked down prayer and, and God is about raising up the poor and the marginalized and those persons that are, 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 are struggling. I mean, that's what God does. That's what we see Jesus doing. Yet many of us, one of the first things we pray for is wealth and power. And, and we have to be very careful about that. But that is one of the first things we pray for is wealth and power. And, um, you know, we, we got to be um, we got to be real careful about that. You know, the other thing is, where do we learn to pray? How did you all learn to pray? From my grandmother. From, from my grandmother. I mm -hmm. used to hear her pray. She used to pray. And when I pray, I pray for the whole world at large. I don't just pray for myself alone. I pray for the whole world at large, and this way I don't try to call too many names because you miss it. When you pray for the world at large, you pray you go. That means everybody. Okay. And I'm not a selfish person. I don't pray for just myself and my family. I pray for ask God to protect and take care of the whole world at large. We all need Him. And let me ask y'all something. Is that how most of us learn how to pray? Somebody else, how did you learn how to pray? I, I learned how to pray from uh, attending um, Bible study classes as a little child, Sunday school, children's Sunday school, and you know, got into um, got into uh, primary classes and all that. And, and uh, we would sometimes, our teacher would assign us as children to lead to do the prayer and then from uh from studying the word from studying the word i learned how to pray unselfish prayers but still sometime i slips into doing that yeah now let me ask y'all something about learning to pray anybody on this call ever learned um had somebody teach you how to bake a cake or fried chicken of course. Yeah, parents and grandmama. Raised by my yeah. grandmama. My grandmama teach me how to bake a cake. Okay. You don't bake one today. Well, 
Let me ask you something about learning how to bake that cake. When you were learning how to bake that cake, did um, did all they do was talk about it, and you just later on in life went and make your own cake, or, or or how did that work out for you? They showed you the you they used the ingredients and everything that go in the cake. And While they're they making the cake, you standing there looking at them for what ingredients they're using to make the cake with. So you watch and how much you have to put in, and how much you you measure it out, and that's and that's what it is. How you and make eventually it. what happened? We did it together. We did it together. Eventually, yeah, eventually you learn. And, and eventually and, you learn. I learned. Eventually you learn how to do it. And By practicing doing what they say and how, what they show you. That's how you learn. Oh, and to okay. the teeth, you had to do it exactly like they mm -hmm. showed you, unless it was not going to turn out right. From the measuring mm -hmm. to just getting a little sprinkle in your hand. Hello, I don't know how much that was. But Take a finger and stick it in there and taste it to see about the sugar and the butter and this and that and the other. It's a and sometimes add your own twist to it. Even which ingredients go in first, second, third, fourth. You mm -hmm. had to learn how to put it all together put it in all the together. right, mm -hmm. in the right, um, you know, in, in the right way. And, you know, you know butter, sugar. <laughs> right, you learn so the you basics. Oh, but you know no, what, what Reverend I'll tell you, you, I'll tell you this, Reverend Hooker. What I learned, I, I, I remember a hearing prayer. My grandmother was, you know, on mm -hmm. her knees every night and every, and every night. morning and, we were right and watching her and hearing, and hearing that, but not really listening. But then mm -hmm. when I became... Um, when I became strong in the faith, I mean, always been in church, but when I realized how I was a wretch undone and needed the Lord, I found out the prayer, although I listened to the pastor and when I began to get into the word and began to understand some of what I was reading, I mean, this may not be right, but I found that prayer was caught and not taught. I caught it. One day I just said, I, Pastor, let me pray, please. I just felt like I caught it. Now I know how to go to God. I think there is something to be said about caught and not taught, but I think there's something to be said about teaching, too. And I'm wondering, when you all were learning to make these cakes or fried chicken or, or any of the things in the kitchen, so at the end of the process, somebody would taste what you had made or you would taste it and you say, oh, that was good. Or, oh, you didn't have enough sugar. Or, oh, you didn't let your butter set up. Or the cake might fall and you'd say, oh, well, you you, 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 you didn't put it in a warm oven or you put it in a cold oven. Or, 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 you know, people actually looked at your end product and gave you an opinion of what would make it better or what could make it worse or, or what you had done right and what you had done wrong. Yeah, I don't remember anybody really doing that with prayer. I don't remember anybody saying, oh, I loved your prayer today, but, you know, maybe you should have focused on this. Or maybe you should have you, you, you gone this direction. Or have you ever thought, do, do you all remember that? No. 
No, I remember no. learning the basics of how I should pray from my mother and my grandmother. And I guess and I, I remember every prayer made, you know, if I got a comment on it, they tell me, well, that it was good prayer. You know, it was good prayer for what's on your mind or what's on your heart. They, they, they always used to tell us in seminary, that's the one thing that'll kill a preacher. <laughs> if everybody walks up after church and say that was a good sermon. <laughs> therefore, you never learn if it's a good sermon or not, because everybody just say, oh, that was good. But the an issue is, I don't know if we spend enough time as a church and Christian community really teaching and instructing people in their prayer. I think sometimes we, we just get so happy that people are praying that we allow anything to go. And I, I think we need to be a little bit more critical about how we train and teach people to pray because you don't want a bad cake or you don't want some bad chicken or you don't want some bad potato salad. Well, I don't think God wants a bad prayer. I don't think God wants something offered up that is selfish without motive and without intent. Now, the other thing I realized is one of the places we get prayer and learn how to pray from is TV. And, and what kind of examples of things that we see on TV that folk are praying for? How do people pray on TV? Help, help me out there. You know what, I, Pastor, I just want to say this. I think one of the one of the basic things we learned, too, was the um, the first prayer most of us learned was the Our Father prayer. And, and, and then we learned that that was about first adoration. That's right. The Confession. And his part. Yep. But now, is that the first prayer you all learned? Because your generation is a little different from mine. What we yeah. learned was the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep prayer. Yeah. That, that was that kind one. of yeah, what we, we learned when I was coming. We learned it too. And no, I didn't that one, but then our father prayer was close and second, close second. Yeah, and then the one, the other one I had was some prayer we did for meal time. But now, and my my mother was always a little different because she didn't do the meal time prayer. The first prayer we had normally of the day after you got off your bed and you did your prayer was the um, our father prayer for breakfast. So we always did that together, kind of for breakfast, but. Um, the nine lay me down to sleep prayer. We we kind of did that one um, every night when I went to bed. Now my children, when they came along, my mother had stopped with that prayer, and she insisted that they do the Our Father prayer at night as well. And you know, me and her even had it out about that. Um, I told her at one point, I said, "No, they need to pray their own prayers." And she said, "No, I want them to pray the Our Father prayer." So you, you all know how that goes with different households. She said, well, at, when they're at my house, they can pray to our father prayer. When they're at your house, they can pray to teach them to pray. So, of course, all my children now say to our father prayer when they go to sleep, you know. <laughs> but um, it's still, it's, it's that instruction that that prayer gives us, that frame that that gives us, that's really important to us at times. But... You know, a lot of us learn to pray from TV. A lot of us, you know, this generation hasn't seen it as much, but you all remember the, the prayer meetings that used to come on TV and the healings that would come on TV, the prayer healings where people would be healed and, and, and they would have 
hundreds of people there and and the, the preacher would come on for a little while and then he'd start the prayer lines and and people would come along and you all probably remember some of the prayer the tent meetings with prayer where there was a small sermon but the bulk of the meeting was praying for individuals and you would watch individual after individual come up for healing and, and many of them were healed or, or, or many of them claimed healing or, or life changes or, or were saved in that process. Um, but that's also one of the ways we learned to pray. Um, and I, I think the other way we learned to pray was um, what Sister Emma said, we were called on to prayer. Somebody said, will you pray? Uh, will you pray today? And, and oh man, we had to come up with a prayer. We had to figure out how to pray. We had to figure, but you know, what we have to remember in any of our training is some things are good with your training and some things need to be um, torqued or, or fixed. Someone's made the comment said, you put your own spin to it. Well, you know, um, we, um, what was it? My, my mother's pound cake. Um, I didn't realize, and, and, I, and she didn't realize, my grandma always made a pound cake, and my grandma always said five eggs, and you know, she never said medium, small, or large, because she didn't have medium, small, or large. She had with the chicken lady, you know? So she, she didn't even think about, you know, grade A, medium, large, and we were having real issues with my mother's pound cake. Um, she would make it right, but I couldn't get it. And one of the things I realized is I was using large eggs because that's what I buy. And in all honesty, the cake used to have small eggs in it. And just that change in going from large to small egg made a much better cake. You know, it's the same thing with prayer sometimes. We have to realize that, you know, prayer is not so much um, a, a, a format is being clever, thinking through what we're doing. Words that, that, that not only impress, but words that go directly to the heart of God and what we're communicating with God. Um, another thing that you've got to understand with prayer is prayer is not a list. And we have to be very careful when our prayers become a list. And even if you put in front of the list, um, please. So if your list is be with Aunt Sadie, heal Brother Joe, make my tax return fat, get me through this exam. Even if you go and say, please be with Aunt Sadie, please be with Brother Joe, please make my tax exam fat, please help me pass this test. Please don't let this police woman see me run this light. Please make this sermon in. You know, even if you put please in front of it, that's still one-way communication. That's still not listening to God. And what I'm afraid of is sometimes we spend so much time making out our lists that we, we forget or our, our, our we're not able to even hear what God is saying to us. We're, we're not able to even hear the, 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 the response that God is making and how God is making it. We, we're so busy with our lining up our list. This is what I say. This is what I mean. This is what I'm doing. That we forget to hear from God and we make prayer one way 
And you have to be very careful when your prayer becomes one way. When your prayer is just about focused on what you're doing and what you're saying, and you neglect to hear what God is doing and what God is saying. And that could be so, so important. You know, prayer is not about sitting in Santa Claus's lap. And, and, and that's one of the things we have to be very careful about. How do we show respect for God in our prayer? How do we show respect for God in our prayer? By thanking him and giving him thanks for what he's doing for you. And uh, we don't go to him begging all the time. We give him thanks sometimes. We just go to the Lord, I come to you today to thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. In the name of Jesus. Adoration. 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 What do you mean by that? I mean to let him know that you adore him, that that you reverence him, that you fear him. You fear who he is, but that's reverence. You know, like um, Jesus started, our Father who art in heaven, our Father who owns everything, our Father who's in control, that's adoration. Our Father who can do anything. That's giving him the glory for who he is and, and the greatness of who he is and acknowledging his all that he's all-powerful. Amen. All in plus, all. Mm-hmm. Plus, amen. Plus, adding, I trust you, Father. I trust you, the one that you created. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And when we do that, though. Our God is still in charge. What was that? God is still in charge. Let him know that he is still in charge. <laughs> And when, when we do that, when we when we pray in such a way that we allow God to, to know that he's in charge, you know, when we pray in such a way that we honor God, because I hear you all say in adoration, honor, to, 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 to honor God and all that God has been and all that God continues to be in our lives, that, that really makes a connection because when we honor people, when we lift up people, when we honor one another, what does that do for us? What does what does that when 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 you're honored from somebody, what does that make you feel? Make me feel good. Um, yeah, it makes you feel real good. Yeah, that makes you feel like I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I I talked over you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. I I'll, said it, it makes you feel good when it, when 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 somebody honor me for something. <clears throat> I think it makes God um let we as his children let him know that he loves us and we are loving him back and that he um we he forgives us because he loves us and we also have to forgive in honor to uh, get 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 answers and 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 wait and listen on him and and another thing pastor i think it makes us know that we're significant that our life our being is significant that's mm. important 
and that his grace is sufficient. Like people being fed, it looks like 
sick people being healed. Kingdom justice looks like poor people receiving their due. It looks like justice. And, you know, a lot of people would tell you, oh, you know, prayer doesn't have anything to do with justice and prayer doesn't have anything to do with righteousness and prayer doesn't have anything. Prayer is personal between you and God. But right there in the Our Father prayer is this model that says, oh, no, it's not just between you and God. Prayer is communal. It's about all folk. It's about all God's children. And, and I think we have to remember that sometime um, and, and, and really move in that, that direction and understand that you no know, prayer is not just about me and God. Prayer is about all God's children and, and what happens. And then probably one of the most unselfish two lines in the Bible is verse 11 and 12 of Matthew 6. Give us our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, you might think of that as, oh God, feed me today. But that can also be looked at and interpreted as, don't get, I don't need all this extra. Give me what I need day by day. Because some folk have spent a lot of time praying for, oh, Lord, give me this car and give me this house and give me this money. And, and, and not only are prayers selfish, but they become greedy. Because be very careful. Society right now is teaching us to be very greedy. Um, you know, this country is, is teaching us to be greedy because we, we only judge in our lifestyle by what we see around us, not even looking at the fact that, you know, what the rest of the world is living off of or what the rest of the world is dealing with, you know, because the poorest of the poor in this country are wealthy in many other countries. You know, the, the, I, I was watching a show just the other day about building houses in Mexico and, and one of the things in the part of Mexico they were talking about building houses, they said the average person get something like um, $43 a month. And mm. I'm looking at that and I say, my Lord, you know, I, I mean, when I was growing up, we used to go to the store and we were rich if we got $5. But, you know, <laughs> if mom gave me $5, you know, I could buy gas and, and you know, I drove all the way up to Shiraz. So if I got $5, I could buy gas all the way up to Shiraz and, and get back and everything and, and get a sandwich from the store. But, um, you know, the, the children now, they're like, you know, if they, if they walk out the house and you don't hand them a 20, they look at you like you've cursed them. And I'm thinking two 20s, that's all this person gets for a family of five for a month? Woo. Be very careful in our prayer that our prayers aren't greedy. And then... One of the lessons that the Bible teaches us quite often is not to be in debt to one another. Mm -hmm. And if you know you you all that you all that hung out with some Baptist folk, you all know <laughs> that Matthew the um the 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 twelfth or the thirteenth verse. Um, some translations do it as as debts and debtors and. In our, in our hymnal, in, in the Methodist tradition, we do temptations, but 
Have you ever thought about the fact that while the Baptists say debts and the Methodists say temptations, that they're pretty much the same thing? You know, when you look at debt, debt is what? What is debt? How do we get in debt? Oh. Huh? Debt is a burden. Debt is a because of our materialism, yeah. because we want to acquire. That is, is getting something that you cannot afford. Exactly. So you have to borrow to get it. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, but I hate to tell you all this, and, 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 and I hope it doesn't shake anybody too much, but temptation is the same thing. Exactly. To be tempted to do something, to be tempted to have something that you cannot afford. That you can't afford. Same that's difference, the same thing. You know, if I wanna if I wanna lust over this woman and I know I'm married and I know that Sister Hooker will put a hook in me if I lust over, then that's a temptation. That's that's something you cannot have. You know if I wanna run out and, and look at this BMW that I can't even fit in and say, Oh my BMW, oh my BMW, you know. That, that that's a temptation. Something I don't need. Something I, 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 it's, it's, it's something that would put me in debt. Yeah, preacher, but you can fit in that same fit they allowed of. There you go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's debt, you know. And many times we want to separate temptation and debt, but those two words are are are, are synonyms for each other. And they really connect. And, and don't. And when you read sometimes, when you pray in the Lord's Prayer, don't be so quick to say, well, Methodists say temptations and Baptists say debt. Understand that, that that's the same word origin, the same root, something that is, is not good for you to obtain, something that you go and burden for. And, and we have to be very careful of that, not to do that, because... That makes our prayer selfish when we forget that our motive for praying is kingdom building. The reason why we're praying, every, if, you, if you start every prayer understanding that what I am doing in this prayer is I'm praying for the kingdom of God. You know, so our prayers have to be reflective of God's love for all people. Every, how do I grade my prayer? How do, you know, I check my cake by making sure it's sweet. Oh, I check my I check my chicken by making sure it's crispy. How do I check my prayer? Well, I check my prayer by making sure that when I've prayed, I've prayed for all people and not just some people. When I prayed, I prayed communally and focused on the community and not just my family or my house or myself. When I've prayed, I've been, uh oh, there's that word being honest with God. You know, one of the things about our prayer is our honesty. And what we see in verse 13, and do not bring us to the time of trial. You know, do not do, do not bring us to the time of trial. You know, that, that whole idea of praying to God and, and asking God, you know, what is the time of trial? Well, the time of trial, we know that even from beyond Judaism, that goes uh, beyond Judaism all the way back to the ancient Egyptians 
of how you weigh a person's character. That that whole temple scene of seeing the feather and the heart on the scales, that whole idea of when I die, you know, the, the Catholic Church, they, they made it famous with the idea that when you die, you go before St. Peter, and St. Peter gets to say if you're good or bad. You know, those of us that ain't so Catholic, we put Christ in that same position and say, you know, Jesus Christ decides the, the right from the righteous, and that's what we read it in Scripture. But that whole thing of dying and being judged, being being weighed on how we have lived and how we have gone through the process, that whole process right there is 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 integral to who we are as children of God. And I don't want to be found wanting. I, I want I want to be found righteous in how I have lived and how I have governed myself. I, I want to be found righteous in righteousness. And the only way we can really do that, the only way we can be found righteous is to live right according to others and not to not to do others harm, not to do others wrong. And, and, and we gotta help, we gotta hold ourselves accountable that even in our prayer time, God forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my wrongdoings. God, forgive me of, of those that I knew I was doing and those that I made mistakes with. You know, that that's where we are when we enter into prayer. We, 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 we asking God to forgive us of those things that we don't even understand. Forgive us of those things that we didn't even mean to do. Forgive us of those things that we meant to do and we knew we shouldn't have done, but we did anyhow, because you all know we do that sometimes too, right? So that moves us right into the first lesson in this section. Um, well, let me make sure I didn't forget anything else. No, I think I covered everything. Well, um, I want to go one more to another scripture before we start our next lesson. Can you all read Ephesians? Uh huh. May I ask questions, please, Pastor? Sure. So. We when when we pray and we know we ask of our knowing um sins for God to forgive us, but sometimes we and we'll pray for those unknowingly sins. Mm -hmm. Would that that does happen in being human? Those unknowingly sins. Now, those unknowingly we not know of, but we but it's knowingly to God, but not to us. Can you answer that for me, please, sir? Yeah, there there are th sins that we do. John Wesley put it best. He says sins of omission, sins we don't even know we committed, but we continue to commit. And and yeah. and, and you know, it's not so much that I'm a bad person or that I have ill will towards anybody, but that you know I continue to sin in this way because I, I, I have not yet experienced the difference. I don't know the better to do yet. And even though God can hold us accountable for those sins, here comes that word that we love to hear in church, grace. But, you know, we don't earn grace. Grace is given by God. Amen. But we, what we do, though, is we live in such a way that our living should produce means of grace. What do you mean, Rev? The way we live should produce 
some means of grace. There should be some things that we do that, that bring about grace in other folks' lives. There should be some things that we do that, that bring about grace and power in other, the, the ways we pray should bring about grace for other people. Um, there's a type of prayer called the, the, the Tungsu prayer. And it's, it's a, a more popular in, 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 um, in, in Asian type of churches and, and in Korean congregations. But you all will hear it sometime in holiness churches. Um, you all have been around holiness folk that pray this way. And what happens with Tungsu prayer is everybody prays at once. And, 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 you know, they pray for what they're praying for at once. And I used to think that was so, I used, now I'm going to be honest, I thought it was only holiness and it wasn't United Methodist, you know, but I found out that that's one of the things we do in United Methodism too. And, and the reason why we pray the Tungsu prayer and why folk pray the Tungsu prayer is because we realize that the voice of all people praying will not overpower God. <laughs> that you need to concentrate on your own prayer and not be distracted by what other people are praying around you. Mm -hmm. And when somebody explained that to me that way, because I'm going to be honest, I had issues because we would have a, a group prayer and we would have these preachers that um, they, they, they would come into the group prayer and it would be a group of us praying. And then there was this one church where all the ministers and preachers in that church used to use this tongue prayer. So they say, well, somebody give us a closing prayer. And as we were doing our closing prayer, they're over there praying all kind of different stuff. And I'm like, hold up, y'all messing. I'm trying to pray my prayer. And y'all over there doing all these different kind of prayer. I would get upset about that thing. But then when I read about this tongue prayer and read that, you know, praying in unison and praying in, 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 in different voices, that what you got to do is be able to concentrate on what you are praying. I said, well, there's my lesson. There's a lesson in the midst of that. And then, but what we normally pray is a collect. Now, have you all ever seen the collect in the hymnal? No. Um, what does that say? Well, if you all have ever seen the collect, in, in our United Methodist hymnal, there's several kind of prayers that are supposed to be in every Sunday. And one of the prayers that's supposed that we're supposed to have and every Sunday is an opening prayer or invitational right. prayer. And then another kind of prayer that's normally written is a collect. And collect. a collect is an ancient pattern of prayer. And, uh. and, and you all may recognize this pattern when I tell it to you. If you don't recognize it, go back to Matthew 6 and 13. But Here's the pattern of a collect. Number one, you address God. Mm. Number two, you give attributes of God. Number three, you put in a petition. Number four, you put in your intended results of the petition. And number five, you give your final doxology. So, how would that work? How would that sign? You know, we would look at a collect formula and the, the format for collect would be, okay, um, address God, almighty God. Number two, attributes of God. 
unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. The third part of it, petition, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The, the fourth part, the intended result, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. And then the final part, the doxology at the end, through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. And that form of prayer is supposed to be in every worship service we have. We need the we need the invocation, but we also need at some point during the worship service a collect, and, and that formula should be in our worship service because that that type of prayer is the same type of prayer that we find in the Lord's prayer the type of prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray whenever they pray. And really, what is worship but prayer? The worship setting is a prayer setting. And whenever we come together for worship, is really coming together to pray together. Even though we have different components, the sermon is a prayer, the singing is a prayer, the, the, the giving is a prayer, the communion is a prayer. All of that is prayer but they all do come together as an overall worship service. But if you ask somebody what is worship at its heart in one word, worship is prayer. So when we pray, that's how we ought to pray. That's how we come together to pray. And that leads us to that old understanding that I started with when Sister Deb, I think it was somebody that asked us, uh, Sister Deb, how, how is it that we pray for things that we didn't mean to do? Well, we cover ourselves in our mistaking prayer because who teaches us how to pray? It's not our grandma with that cup of sugar. It's not our granddaddy that teaches us how to pray that stands oh, up. You know, Jesus. I thought I learned how to pray from my grandfather because my grandfather prayed every night and he prayed loud. And the older he got, the, less, the, the worse he could hear the louder his <laughs> prayers got at night. But he would go in his room down on knees in his seventies praying. But I still didn't learn how to pray from my grandfather because what scripture tells us is we learn how to pray from who? Inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us to pray. And because the Holy Spirit is teaching us to pray, then our prayers are in grace. Um, Brother James said, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, and we do, but our prayers are given in grace as long as we depend on the Holy Spirit to lead our prayer, to lead us in our prayer time. So um, we really got to learn how to be quiet in prayer, because if you're not listening, you can't hear the lead of the Holy Spirit. If, if all you're doing during prayer is talking, you're going to miss the fact that the Holy Spirit is trying to show you something different and new and unusual, and you don't want to miss that. Um, there is, let's look at this passage. I know it's time, but let's look at this passage. Ephesians, the, um, Ephesians, the third chapter and the 14th verse. I give you all a little time to get there. 
Ephesians, okay. the third chapter and 14th verse. Okay, you want me to, I can read it. Yes, ma'am, 14 it. through 20. Paul's prayer for spiritual growth. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep your and keep you strong. Oh, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's children should, how oh, wide, how long, how mm -hmm. high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish in infinitely more than we might ask or think. And, and I, I love that because Thank you, what we see there is the interaction of the heart and prayer. Paul is, Paul is inviting us to pray in such a way that we root ourselves in the, the, the heart of God, plant it firmly in love. And that leads us to, to reach out and to, to learn how to pray through that love, the love of God in us. And how can we also define the love of God? But the grace of God. Grace you know, because God. being rooted in that love, being rooted in that grace is what My keeps God. us, what helps us, what sustains mm -hmm. us, what allows us to reach out. Yep. And oh my goodness, when you get that right, when you get the idea that I'm rooted in the love of God and being rooted in that love of God allows me to reach out. And then I want you all to hear 20 and 21 from the message translation. It says, God can do anything you know, far more than yes. you could ever imagine or guess mm -hmm. or request mm -hmm. in your wildest dream. Mm -hmm. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah and Jesus. Glory down to all generations. Glory oh, to yeah. all millennials. Oh, yes, glory. glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. And, and that's it, folks. God you, can direct and God can lead and God yes, can. can use us in the midst of prayer. Yes, he can. Uh-huh. If our prayer is rooted in love, rooted, rooted in the love of Christ, then that's, that's how we work through prayer. So we can spend four lessons on prayer, five, five lessons on prayer. We start next week on truth. That's why I kind of cut y'all off on that whole truth part. 
We start next week on <laughs> truth, the moments of truth, and start on Psalm 32. So we're going to be on Psalm 32 on David's 32nd division of song. And we're going to start there talking about truth and how we pray in truth and how our prayers overcome sin. So um, I'm looking forward to that lesson next week um, for the um, Bible study. Um, as has been said, I, I won't be with you all for the parking lot worship service on Sunday, but um, my prayer is that it goes well and I, I think we have everything put in place. And remember now that time Sunday is not 1045, but 1130 to 12 o'clock. So you all, let's make sure we try to get out of there by 12 or a little after, but we don't want to keep people longer. Um, that should be interesting. Longer because <laughs> we don't have bathroom facilities and that kind of stuff. The building itself is closed. So people need to be able to get back home if they need to use a restroom or anything. Amen. Um, so just keep that in mind. And I, I, I know God will bless the service and bless the congregation. And um, for those of you all that worried, I am doing well. I, I feel my strength is coming back. I'm still a little weak, but my strength is coming back. I'm not coughing, not running a fever anymore. But um, I did have, I do have to be on quarantine until the 23rd. So that You didn't get COVID, did you? Huh? You didn't get the virus, did yeah, you? Yeah, I got it out there hanging oh. out. Oh, oh, somebody but, just um, called and asked me, did you have it? I said, no, I didn't know. Yeah. A member called me. No, I, I, well, the word's getting out, so I figured I might as well tell y'all. But um, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> that, I gotta be Thank God you made it. To, to, <laughs> yeah, I, Thank you God. Know, I've had colds and pneumonia, oh. much other stuff that's been much worse than this. Um, so God has been with me and God has been faithful. And I thank God for that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, because of that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of locked in the house until the 23rd, but, um, probably the last couple of today and yesterday, I've been feeling pretty much back to myself, just a little tired. Um, yeah. but now I felt bad when oh. I was talking to y'all last Wednesday. Um, <laughs> I know you didn't. You weren't feeling well, but I didn't know what was going on. But look, yeah. I, I I have to ask everybody. Please, please pray. My son is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I called him this morning just checking on him, and and he's in the hospital. Mm. He doesn't have COVID, but he they are trying to find out what's going on. I think they say it's his appendix, but they're doing some tests because they think something else is going on with him. So please pray for my baby, BJ, because I am in a tizzy. I just don't know. I'm praying and I'm trusting, but yeah, but I sure need the prayers of um need to do. of the saints. Put it in the hands of the Lord. Are there other prayer concerns as we're coming to a close? Yeah. And Sister Martin, I think that prayer request went out by text as well, because I think some of us got it. Oh, good. 
pray for him. I just I don't know what's going on. His wife can't even go see him because of the COVID, and she doesn't know, and I don't know, and you know. So just pray, please, for my baby boy. Well, yes, ma'am. Well, at this time, let us go together in prayer, and we pray. Let us pray. Dear God Eternal, we thank you, dear God, for your grace and for your mercy and for what you thank do. Thank you, God. How you do it. Lord God, we just trust thank in you. Oh, yes, we can. Leading and directing us towards and all yes. that you help us with. Nobody but you. Pray for healing for all those that are in a posture need a healing. And God, we do pray to be able to listen to you and listen to the guidance of your Holy Spirit so that we will know what to pray. And Lord, yes, so. you, we just ask that you just fill our lives with joy and the kingdom, dear God, to flow around us. Allow us to be members of thy holy kingdom and do those things and will and work that you need us to do. And yes, Lord Jesus, thank we you, pray, God. dear God, healing on those that are in stages of healing. We pray deliverance on those that need deliverance. We pray salvation for those that need salvation. We pray mm. joy. Joy. Sad Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Keep all of us in your care. In the mighty master name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Am